Hello, I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Myers Detox podcast. You can learn more about my work and how to detox at MyersDetox.com. And that's what this show is all about. It's how to detox your body. So we talk about all types of subjects related to detox protocols, supplements, and what to do, what not to do, so that you can remove heavy metals and chemicals from your body, contributing to every imaginable symptom and health condition. And today is a fantastic show with Dr. Barry Tan. And we're going to be talking about why vitamin E is key for liver health and detoxification. And we're going to be talking specifically about how the tocotrienol form of vitamin E is 50 times more powerful than the form of vitamin E tocopherol that's in 95% of supplements today, multivitamins. We'll talk about why tocotrienols are one of the most important antioxidants and why most people are deficient. We'll discuss why you can't get enough of the preferred form of vitamin E from food alone and how the preferred form of vitamin E is shown to aid weight loss. Uh, they showed an, he showed an average of, uh, I think it's a 15 pound weight loss in one of his studies that Dr. Tan did, and how it also reverses chronic conditions and inflammation. We'll also talk about how tocotrienol improves liver health, uh, the liver's ability to detox and reverses markers of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Pretty impressive, namely high cholesterol, liver enzymes, and triglycerides. We'll also discuss how tocotrienols aid in liver and heavy metals detox, namely arsenic and lead, and the studies that Dr. Tan has done on four types of stage four cancers, including ovarian and breast cancer, and the dramatic results when taking tocotrienols in improved outcomes and longevity of these cancer patients. We'll talk about how tocotrienols work to protect fats in cells and prevent the fats in oil, supplements, cooking oils, and in our diet from going rancid and from oxidizing and damaging our cells and body, creating these free radicals. Vitamin E is powerful antioxidant that stops this destruction and these oils going rancid. We'll also talk about how tocotrienols are shown to improve bone health and reduce inflammation and lower cholesterol levels as well. So a fantastic show today. And I know you guys listening are concerned about heavy metals and how to detox. So I created a heavy metals quiz that you can take at heavymetalsquiz.com. And after you take this quiz, you get your results and a free video series that answers so many of your frequently asked questions about detox. Where do I get started? What are the best supplements for detox? What is the best heavy metals testing to do? And how do I do it all? There's a free video series afterwards. So go take that quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. Barry Tan, is hailed as a trailblazer and the world's foremost expert on vitamin E. Credited with discovering tocotrienol in three major natural sources, palm, rice, and annatto, which is a fruit from the Amazon. And a scientist first and foremost, Dr. Tan earned his PhD in chemistry and biochemistry from the University of Otago, New Zealand, and spent several years as a professor at University of Massachusetts. 
Today, his research focuses on lipid-soluble nutrients that reduce and slow chronic conditions. Listeners can download a free copy of Dr. Tan's book, The Truth About Vitamin E, The Secret to Thriving with Anatotocotrienols by visiting his website, barrytan.com and entering the code Myers Detox. And his website is B-A-R-R-I-E-T-A-N.com. Dr. Tan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to your show. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about uh, vitamin E. So this is something that I've studied, you know, just in studying nutrition and, you know, vitamin E is in all of the supplements, but what is it that uh, consumers are being misled about when it comes to vitamin E? It's not as simple as people think it is. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep the first part simple. Vitamin E is discovered almost 100 years ago by two pediatricians from University of California, 1922. We hope to make a special 100-year anniversary of the discovery in 2022. But uh, So we have two years in the planning. When they first discovered vitamin E, it was alpha tocopherol. They just went for the alphabet and E was it. So it was vitamin E. It was oil soluble. And strangely enough, they got it from spinach extract. They gave it to female rats. And they found out that without this factor, they didn't know what it was initially. Without this factor, the rat is not able to bring the fetus to full term. So it became a vitamin because it's able to help the maternal female to bring the fetus to full term. Most people today don't think of vitamin E that way. Instead, to think of vitamin E as an antioxidant. To that extent, tocopherol as a group and tocotrienol as a group, they are both vitamin E and they are same antioxidant like that. But because vitamin E tocopherol have been known for 40 years ahead of time and tocotrienol is known as a vitamin E 40 years after. So because of that, most of the consumer know vitamin E as tocopherol, the same tocopherol on your cereal box. So that's a very simple view uh, of vitamin E. Yeah, but it's actually, uh, you know, there's a lot more to the story. Like there's different forms of vitamin E. Some are better for us than others. Can you tell, and you discovered a form of vitamin E. Can you tell us about that? Yes. The original form of vitamin E, I have a molecule here that uh, Kim set it up for me. If you notice that on this uh, head here is the antioxidant head oxygen radical and it capture free radical. So all vitamin E, tocopherol and tocotrienol have this kind. The tail is the one that distinguish the two other forms of vitamin E. Tocopherol, you notice here, there you see, I'm gonna point and then hold it up again. There's a double bond here, see, two ring, two here and two here. Because of the three double bond is called in scientific language is called ene double bond, triene, three double bond. And tocotrienol have the three double bond. So tocotrienol is unsaturated vitamin E. 
and tocopherol are saturated vitamin E. So that separates the two groups. Each of these groups have four molecules. The tocopherol have the four Greek letters, alpha, beta, delta, gamma, tocopherol, and the tocotrienol also have four Greek letters, alpha, beta, delta, gamma, tocotrienol. I know we're gonna go deeper into this, but just keep the two Greek letters in mind. The two vitamin E that is most potent hands down, it would be delta tocotrienol, as in Delta Airline, and gamma tocotrienol. So those two, if somebody wish to Google on the internet Delta and gamma tocotrienol, there you will have it. You'll have the two most potent. Now that I emphasize that, I'm gonna tell you the next thing. About 20 over years ago, I went to South America and I stumbled on this beautiful plant here. Actually, the whole part is about the size of a fig. This is a over large. If, if I put it closer, you can see the seed. The seed is intensely red color. That seed, they have the color is called anato. Anato is the color we use to colorize our cheese and meat. And when I was in Tampa, Florida, it is truly an Amazonian plant. See, this plant here is see, the same anato. You can see the seed on the side. There you have it, an Amazonian tree frog about the size of a dime. It's very tiny <laughs> like that. If, uh, if I were to put my finger on, it's not much bigger than my palm like that. So if you shrink my palm, if my whole palm is the size of a penny, that is the size of the frog. So this is a very enlarged picture. So it's truly an Amazonian plant. I was in South America about 22, three, four years ago. I was there looking for lutein, which is good for the macular degeneration for the eye in giant marigold plant. I found it. That was the reason why I went there. Then fate has it, about 20, 30 feet away from me, I saw this anato plant. I knew what an anato plant was, and the British actually nicknamed it the lipstick plant, which I'm trying to find out the convention when the woman's lipstick is originally traditionally red color, if it came from that, I, I don't know yet. But the British, however, named this about 300 years ago, they referred to this as a lipstick plant. So if you go to a tropical botanical garden, you can either say anato plant or use its scientific name Bixa aurelana, or you can use it the nickname, the lipstick plant, and some botanists will show you the plant where it is. So, I knew that the color, which is Bixin, is a carotene, is very unstable. And when the pot open, as you see, it doesn't have a flash like most fruit have. It's a very unusual fruit that have no flash. When almost everything you and I come to know about fruit has a flash, which we eat and then leave the seed behind, you know? But this does not have a flash. So I knew something had to protect the Bixin from decomposing. I wasn't expecting it to be a vitamin E molecule. I was expecting it to be a polyphenol because plants have 2,000, 3,000 polyphenol, only have eight vitamin E. So I wasn't expecting it. Surprising to me, it was a vitamin E and it's already that is a huge surprise. 
Further surprising to me, it does not contain tocopherol. And most surprising to me, it only contains tocotrienol. And this is shockingly surprising. It only contains the two tocotrienol that are most potent that I mentioned earlier, the delta and the gamma tocotrienol. Nice. That's it. That was a discovery. <laughs> yeah. And so why do we need this? Why is this important? Why did you focus your research on this? You know, are people deficient in this? And, and why is it that we need this? I know it's great for detox, like vitamin E detox is arsenic and lead. I've shown the research to help with that. But why else do we need it? Actually, that's an excellent question. When, we, when I first got into this, I knew it was an antioxidant. Then we compared to cofrol and tocotrienol. It's 50 times more potent. Then besides that, I didn't know where to go with it. That was in the early 80s and 90s. And people started to do research work on lowering cholesterol. That was University of Wisconsin in medicine. And then later in the Canadian group started to do work and other people too, to do the work on cancer research. So when people started to do this kind of work, I'm beginning to build the concept that tocotrienol works to mitigate chronic conditions. So I said, okay, if you mitigate chronic condition, it's better than being just a powerful antioxidant. It's good enough for the consumer to get a hold of, but I want the consumer to know more than that. Better antioxidant to do what? So now you fast forward 1980s to today, we have done this amount of animal study and this amount of clinical study. And among the clinical study we have done cancer, which is clearly chronic, you know. I know that juvenile cancer, but most cancer are on adult onset, so it's chronic. The other one would be people with dyslipidemia, high cholesterol, high triglyceride, not a good thing. And I'm hoping that uh, the second half of this will talk a lot about fatty liver disease, definitely a chronic condition. So we've done this. And also in Texas now, we have a study, oh, is in your state. It's in Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. So we're doing a study. We first did a study five years ago on osteopenia, postmenopausal women osteopenia, when the estrogen drop and the bone begin to thin, how it resists the bone loss. Clearly chronic condition as a woman ages. And then, and then the second one is on we're currently doing a study on obesity. The professor said that, you know, uh, obesity stresses the person even more so than osteopenia. So we now have an obesity study also on postmenopausal women. The study is ongoing. We don't know the result. It's double blind. In other words, we put it to the gold standard test. So the professor does not know and neither does the subject know until the whole study is completed. So that's a year in the making. It'll probably take another year before it finish. <clears throat> However, the NAFLD, fatty liver disease, that's completed. We're doing a further study, which I explained more, and the cancer study are ongoing. So to answer your question, we know that tocotrienol, unlike tocopherol, can help in people with chronic condition, including toxicity, because you talk about lead poisoning thing. I did not study that directly. If I were to study that directly, 
Usually when people have lead poisoning or arsenic poisoning or terrible pesticide poisoning, they all, I know some of them land in the hair, but a lot of these things land in the liver and the liver is it destroys the liver. So when it gets to a certain degree of damage, the tocotrienol can help the liver, at least if it's not coming back to full power, it's able to help the liver not to damage any further. I believe that that would be the detoxing, but we did not commit ourselves to go down that road of study. Uh, not, not like that, because it's not directly chronic. It's someone exposed to serious toxifying thing. There are animal studies other people publish where an animal is exposed to toxic metal, toxic waste, and they found the tocotrienol able to curb the damage to the liver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. You did a study on non-alcoholic fatty liver disease because that's affecting almost a hundred million people in the United States alone. And anyone with metabolic syndrome, diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, you, they're going to have a fatty liver presenting also with, with those diagnoses. And so it's, and I think, and that's just the people that have a diagnosable condition, not to mention poor functioning livers, you know, as well, that are just kind of overwhelmed with poor diets and the toxicity in the environment. So that's, that's, I love that you did that study. And so are you able to explain exactly how the vitamin E is kind of facilitating the liver's ability to do its job better? Like what is the, the mechanism there? Okay. Uh, usually I present two mechanisms. The first one is more uh, physiologic. If you think of a cell, let's say my cell phone here is a cell. A cell is more like an oval shape, like a bean shape. Let's say this is a cell. So the black surface will be the inside of the cell, the nucleus, the mitochondria, and all these wonderful things. And the outside, the blue lining, that will be the cell wall. The tocotrienol, there are many antioxidants people talked about. But the antioxidant that I care about the most are the antioxidant that protects the lipid. Immediately for your consumer, you cut the noise out because everybody and their grandmother is talking about antioxidant. You don't know what they're talking about. You know why I care about the lipid antioxidant between protein, fat, and carbohydrate, they all can get oxidized. The one that easiest to get oxidized by oxygen are the lipids. So in other words, if you see a roadkill, the first thing that go off flavor, you have a stick of butter in a summer day, the first off smell of, this, of the butter or the meat that go bad, it is the lipid that get oxidized in the meat, in the butter and in the roadkill. So therefore, the first line of defense would be anything that protect the lipid, okay? Back to the cell wall thing. The blue thing is a cell wall and the entire cell wall membrane is built with fat. And now, because it's on the cell wall, say if a person have, this is, I don't want to do this on personal thing, approximately a person have, uh, an athlete will have 20% fat by weight. A normal person would be 25, 30%, just for simplicity, 25%. Half of that 25% weight is the adipose tissue, the love handle, this and that. The other half of them 
are all in the cell wall. You cannot see it. It's all over your body in the 38 trillion cells. Those cells have the highest chance to get oxidized. And the antioxidant that resides on there are the kind of antioxidant I care about. 90% of those antioxidants are vitamin E. The remaining 10%, there are gazillion antioxidants in the universe. The remaining 10%, not the 90%, are beta carotene, lycopene, CoQ10, those things. The 90% are vitamin E because the vitamin E molecule look like this. The head stick out with the phosphate group. The entire tail here stick in with the fatty acid. And this whole thing is the one that protects the fatty acid. So now I'm reducing to help the audience to understand 90% of the thing that protect your fat are vitamin E molecule. So now you've got two things left, tocopherol and tocotrienol. And the tocotrienol is 50 times more potent than tocopherol. So for that reason, antioxidant to protect the lipid, that is the mechanism to protect the entire 38 trillion cells in our body. Yeah. And I think this is a really important conversation as well, talking about, you know, reducing the ability of fats to go rancid. Okay. Is when people are eating these horrible industrial seed oils, yes. it throws the body off of a balance and they're eating all these, and not only that, but just ingesting oils that are already rancid and these highly inflammatory oils that we know are contributing to the chronic health conditions of our time. I mean, if you go into any, even whole foods, you go in there, all this beautiful, healthy food, you know, just soaked in canola oil, or you go to eat Chinese food or yeah. Thai food or any kind of food soaked in soybean oil or all the fried foods. So, so many people are even eating healthy vegetables and whatnot are ingesting tons and tons of rancid polyunsaturated fats that are industrial seed oils. How does vitamin E help with that? I usually don't uh, give this illustration, but you asked it so cogently. We provided anatotocotrienol to a USDA doctor. Her name, uh, is, you can Google it, Jill Moser, M-O-S-E-R, USDA in Peoria Lab in Illinois. When she asked us for the thing, she probably have read some studies out there. She wanted to do a study very unusual, we have a USDA scientist ask us for that. So we asked her, we said, we'll be glad to provide you. And that helped me provide them. He said, may I ask what you're going to use it to study? It would, it would be unlikely they study some uh, animal study because they're USDA, not the FDA or NIH like that. She said that I'm going to subject this to the highest degree of oxidation damage. So I was holding my breath, what is she going to do? So he said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to have deep fried tortilla chip. Then I said, because when you deep fried tortilla, the off flavor is very fast, faster than potato because of it has sulfur group in cornmeal. So she have normal deep frying. She have one with alpha tocopherol, and then she have one with the anatotocotrienol. She found that the fatty acid was oxidized less 
contain the off flavor and the burnt flavor like that. Now that's a very extreme example of people using for deep frying. Because deep frying is 180 degrees Celsius, about 325 degrees Fahrenheit. You know, we will be dead at 40 degrees, you know, like that. So, but she did that. The other extreme was a University of Georgia professor. He was making infant formula with omega-3 for mother who cannot express milk and have to give the infant. When you make infant powder like that, it's got huge surface area. So the omega-3 can get oxidized. So they have a quandary how to deliver the omega-3 and not deliver bad one. So they also tried with alpha tocopherol, mixed tocopherol, and with tocotrienol. They found that when they add tocotrienol, they're able to protect the shelf life of the infant formula better than the other. So those are very practical applications. Uh, we in-house don't do that kind of research. We gave people the vitamin E, tocotrienol, and then they have certain conditions, fatty liver, high cholesterol, high triglyceride, people with cancer, all this. And so to answer your question, clearly and definitively, the tocotrienol is able to protect the fat, particularly at an age where we are consuming a lot of polyunsaturated fat, and some of them may be already highly oxidized. Particularly, they fry the thing, and then they use the oil, and fry again, and again, and again, so there's no way to know how bad the oil is already used before you eat your fries with the oil. <laughs> so many people's diets are so inflammatory. I mean, they're and even if they're eating a healthy diet, mm -hmm. even if they feel like they're eating a relatively healthy diet, they're still ingesting inflammatory oils. It's, it's making its way in in some way, whether it's like they're eating poor quality animal proteins that have ate, you know, soybeans and corn and whatnot, what have you. And then there's supplements. A lot of supplements, they have soybean oil in them, or they have sunflower oil, or they have other, these oils go rancid, even fish oils go rancid. And so uh, a lot of people are ingesting these, trying to reduce inflammation and uh, having the opposite effect. And so I think vitamin E supplementation is, is super important. So do you, do you feel like a lot of people are deficient in vitamin E? Are we able to get this from our diet? Now, you hear mixed messages on that. I'll tell you what the USDA said. As we grow older, we're not able to get enough vitamin E, mostly because we're in nursing home and then they cannot chew on meat. Uh, vitamin E are found in oily and fatty material. For better or for worse, that's where vitamin E are found, in vegetable oil, in avocado, and in meat because, because the animal eat the corn and then they get the vitamin E. But as we grow older, we eat less meat, so they're not insufficient in that sense. For most of the adult population that are not elderly, we don't have enough because the vitamin E that we have is used to protect the rancid fat. So they're insufficient. And for the vitamin E that we could get, are mostly tocopherol. It is true to say that in an average American diet, we'll be lucky for the tocotrienol, we'll only have two milligrams, a woefully inadequate. For tocopherol, maybe 10, 12 milligrams. But 
tocotrienol 2 milligram. And most of the studies we do are from anywhere from 100 to 300 milligram. So yes, we do not have enough of the vitamin E. Yeah, and you've done, you know, lots of different studies. You've done them on advanced ovarian cancer and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. But the 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 tocotrienols you found that can really help a lot of chronic conditions. Can you show uh, tell us how it's been effective for just inflammation in general and even bone health? Yeah. And when we were doing the bone health, we knew that it lowered inflammation, but we needed needed to have a marker. So in the bone health study, we knew that it, during menopause, the estrogen dropped, the estradiol dropped. And, you know, p- partly because I'm not an estrogen sp- specialist and also not partly, but because I'm not a w- woman. So I, I didn't take care of this, but I have a wife, you know. So she told me that the estrogen would drop you know, then I started to look at the estradiol. Estradiol is a steroid, and our body produce, our body do produce antioxidant. And I don't mean antioxidant enzyme, like glutathione, peroxidase, catalase, those things are antioxidant, but we do produce molecules that are antioxidant. The two, one is well-known and one is hardly known. The well-known one is CoQ10. CoQ10 is an antioxidant and the body produces it. The other one came to me as a surprise. Testosterone, the male hormone, is not an antioxidant. Progesterone, the female hormone, is not an antioxidant. Estradiol is an antioxidant. So now, when she goes to menopause and the estradiol drops, that means that the thing that protects her all her life every 30 days that come around is no more there or precipitously drop. So I asked the professor who did the work, I got a gut feeling that antioxidative stress will go this way when the estrogen come this way. So I asked her, can you please measure the antioxidant drop and also measure uh, the C-reactive protein? She did. It was then we know that as the estrogen drop, the antioxidant protection provided by the tocotrienol increase. And when it's not given tocotrienol, the oxidative stress continued to increase. So that was how we first know. After we knew that, all the other study, uh, the one on NAFLD, the one on arteriosclerosis, we ask people to please measure C-reactive protein. That construct of arteriosclerosis came from a different angle. There was a time when a pharmaceutical company made cholesterol-lowering drug, and it lowered the cholesterol like mad. And then there are no voices out there, cholesterol is not the demon, other thing is the demon. As a scientist, I find it hard to believe that cholesterol can only be a good guy. I think that high cholesterol cannot be good. I'm not saying other thing does not contribute to inflammation and bad thing. High cholesterol cannot be a good thing. 
the whole study came from the Framingham Heart Study. And Framingham is in Massachusetts. We chose a little town, Massachusetts, like some small town in Texas like that. And we're studying it to the fourth generation. It's a US government funding. If you ever come to Boston, just take a ride to Framingham, Massachusetts. They'll tell you they study the great grandfather, great grandmother also and then the grandparent, and then the parent, and now to the, they study them. It was in those studies they found that red meat caused have high cholesterol, caused arteriosclerosis, and high cholesterol. This is not finagle the bagel by the drug company. It came from the Framingham study. So I know high cholesterol can't be good like that. So that's that part. So when, when that study came, people said that, oh, Half the people that died of cardiac arrest have high cholesterol. The other one have high inflammation. I got it. So when I told the professor, can you please measure some inflammation marker? And he did just that. So when we did the arteriosclerosis cholesterol study, let's say the cholesterol is relative, the cholesterol dropped to this. Triglyceride also dropped about 15, 20%. So, and then we did it at 250, 125 milligram we did, 150, uh, 250 milligram we did more, 500 milligram we did more. So it's a dose dependent. And then on the flip side, the C-reactive protein is uh, lowest. And then when you give the 250 higher and get the 50 milligram highest. So there it is, we found the corresponding the lipids drop, and the CRP also drop. So the C-reactive protein drop, and the lipids also drop. So we are able to address too, both the inflammatory component as well as the lipid component that tocotrienol address in lowering uh, the arteriosclerotic and the cholesterol equation. That was, those were the very first clinical trials we did. After we did those trials, then we graduated to the cancer trial. I'll be happy to talk about them. Uh, and then when we did that, we also started the obesity trial. The obesity trial, we only have one. The cancer trial, we have five or six. Only one of them is published. The other one is still in the works. So next year, we'll have more of that. So Fantastic. You, yeah, you know what? I wanted to delve a little bit more into okay. the cholesterol and okay. inflammation one because that's a, a big concern for a lot of people, you know, heart disease and high cholesterol, high triglycerides. And so, you know, there's lots of nutrition studies out there, but I think so many nutrition studies are very poorly designed mm -hmm. and they're also using very poor forms of nutrients. And that's why a lot of like the mainstream media, you'll see reports on like, oh, am I vilifying this supplement or vitamins don't work and, and, and this and that. But there are, people have to keep in perspective. These are studies that are typically using the worst or the cheapest form of the nutrient um, because they have limited funding or, or whatnot. And then these nutrients work don't work by themselves. They usually have cofactors that help mm -hmm. them absorb or work better. So I think people have to keep that in mind. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm glad there's so much better nutrition studies like the one that you're doing. But so what about dosing? So if people want to get these benefits, lowering inflammation, lowering cholesterol, what are the, what's the, the dosage per day that people should take? And, and you designed this supplement here. It's yes. the Designs for Health Anato E300. Right. And this is the one I've been taking. How much of this should we take per day? Okay. I would say this. 
for a normal antioxidant protection because all of us have 38 trillion cells that I mentioned the cell line. I would say, depending on the person's size and weight and disposition to disease, uh, anywhere about 200 to 300 milligram would be 200, let's say. And for people that have mild chronic condition, then probably about 300 to 400 would be good. But for people who have serious chronic condition, about four to 600 milligram. So I, I summarize for you, for people who have serious chronic condition, four to 600, mild chronic condition, three to 400. Then the other people, 300 or less is fine designed for health, also sell a 150 milligram one. So 150 to 300 milligram. I crafted that from the studies we did. On the people with arteriosclerosis, we found that the best number that work is somewhere between uh, 250 to, to 500. On the osteopenia, on women with, uh, with a thinning bone, we found that the one that worked best is 300. On the cancer study, now keep, keep that in mind, there were stage four cancer patients. That means that the odds are not good. So they took 900 milligrams, the highest dose. We're trying to design a study in Florida now for people that have polyps. So they are kind of like stage one and two, not end stage. So they'll probably be taking about five to 600 milligrams. So there's a, 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 depending on the kind of cancer like that. And on the uh, fatty liver disease, uh, they are taking 600 milligram. We have not tested the 300. In the future, we will. We wanted to stay thematically the same element. You mentioned before you asked me this, so I hope I answer you this question. You also asked that people do substandard research or the uh, quality of the material is no good. I cannot agree with you more. I usually don't pitch on this. If you ever come first, we are the only company in the US making toco trieno. We make them here in the United States of America. We don't make it anywhere. You know, I'm an immigrant to the US. I have many opportunity to ask me to do it in this, that, and other country. I don't want to name the country and then I, I, I kind of like blacklist them. I don't want to do that. I didn't. I made it here in the United States. And furthermore, we never use solvent. We never use chemical. We just use physical mean and then just evaporate them. If you ever come to New England, you come to see me. It is as good as it can be. And when, when we make the vitamin E, our original concentration is as high as we can, about 70%. You are not going to find a vitamin E. If you look at the soft gel that we made, 300 milligrams is in a tiny pill. It's as good as ever. 25 years. That's a long time. I tried to make this. I, I could have easily used chemical zap, zap. I make it super, it looks super clean. But when people ask, how did you make it? I have to use this chemical, that solvent. You did what? See, so I decided not to do that. My wife loved to go to Whole Food. She watches me while I'm doing it. So I decided that since I discovered this honored to figure this out when I was in Amazonia. Then I said, I owe it to the world and to the Amazonia because there are millions of plants. I happen to stumble on the one that does so much good to us. I deserve to put, the... anyway, 
I know that's a picture. Right? I didn't want to go there, but we made it right here, and it's the highest purity possible. So, with this NAFLD thing, we hope that we can do more study and perhaps ask the FDA to have a structural function claim someday for the NAFLD one. So. Yeah, well, you are well on your way. And that's why I wanted to have you on because I'm a supplement snob. Okay. Mm-hmm. I only want to take the best. And I know a lot of people listening to this show, mm-hmm. they only want the best uh, for their health. And, mm-hmm. I know, and I'm taking this because, you know, I'm, I'm hitting menopause, you know, I'm turning 48 next week. And, you know, and I'm looking to do an oil change right now, essentially. I'm trying to get rid of a lot of the, you know, polyunsaturated fats that I've eaten over the years and get those out of my fat and, mm-hmm. and do an oil change. And the vitamin E is really, really important to facilitate that, especially if you're mm-hmm. detoxing, you're losing a lot of weight. Yes. And these poly, these rancid fats that are, are that full of pesticides and chemicals and metals are coming out of your fat you need to be taking a vitamin E as well to help that and help your liver process all this garbage. So this is a, vitamin E is a very, very important part of Mm -hmm. detoxification. Yes. And then on that, I would say, first, do not supplement with tocopherol. Don't do that. Uh, I have stopped taking tocopherol for the past 30 years and nothing ever happened. When you eat normal fresh fruit, you are going to get about 10 milligram of tocopherol, and it's good enough. Tocotrienol is hard to get. A normal American diet can get about two milligram, probably eating corn or corn oil, something like that, a small amount. Avocado, a tad more, but you can't consume so much avocado. If you happen to live in South America because they eat a lot of, of anato, then probably approach 10 milligram, still small like that. If you take palm oil, uh, probably also about 10 milligram, but then palm oil is saturated, you have other concerns. So I think that supplementation is a way to go. When you take the supplement, just take it with a meal because it's oil soluble. If you take it a meal, emulsify properly and it absorbs uh, properly. I, I have been taking tocotrienol now for about 25, 30 years, probably one of the longest ones, initially to manage my cholesterol moderately high, uh, but I have a genetic cholesterolemia, so it didn't drop dramatically, dropped somewhat, but my uh, buoyant LDL is increased, my dense atherogenic LDL is decreased, and all this wonderful stuff, you know, my triglyceride is low, my C-reactive protein is very low, uh, uh, like that, so all good, uh, like that. And if we have a few moments, I like to di- talk about the cancers. That I tell you why we got it was risky for us to get in there, Wendy, because first I watch all my colleagues doing study. If there are this amount of animal study on tocotrienol, this amount are cancer study, only this piddly squat are everything else. So, but nobody. Say everybody say all the mechanism of the of how tocotrienol work on cancer, but nobody is willing to do a trial. So we decided that we're going to have to put in the resources. So we did, and lucky for us, uh, the Danish government decided to do four kinds of cancer, about six trial: ovarian, ovary, breast, colon, lung. So those four cancer, and the ovarian cancer is, is, is out, 
and the breast and the colon cancer probably will be out next year. So we will wait and see. The, the way they designed is on stage four cancer patients, so the end stage, not a lot of options left. And then in the ovarian cancer, I'll give you the shorthand. First, the, this is a fifth cancer killer. The five-year survival rate is 50%, so the odds is not so good. The only thing worse than ovarian cancer is pancreatic cancer. So that it's just terrible odds, you know, like that. We have one group on the standard of care. Medicine is anti-angiogenic drug. They cut off the blood vessel that feeds the tumor. So the tumor is staffed to death. Angiogenesis is growth of blood vessel. Anti-angiogenic is cut it off. So that it cut off the supply to the tumor because the tumor is growing like mad. That's it. And they gave them to, and that's the group, the medicine. The other one is the same medicine plus tocotrienol. And these patients are not expected to live much beyond six months. And those on tocotrienol is able to live 60% survive after one year. And even after two years, 25% still survive. The other group, they are not there to talk about it. So that to me is very promising. So we redesigned the study on the ovarian cancer on a longer study that is ongoing. We don't know that yet. However, the breast cancer study and the colon cancer study should be available next year. So I can fill you in when that comes. So that's the ovarian cancer. Yeah, I mean, that is just huge results because I mean, I've had, uh, you know, two family members passed from cancers and a friend that also did. And, you know, every, if you have more time, you have just that few more months to either spend with them or them to uh, do other things to turn around their health and reverse their, their diagnosis. So that, that is just fantastic. Can, can you yeah. tell, you were going to tell us a little bit more? It's more a market thing. If the tocotrino were to be a drug, it will be all over Wall Street. But because it isn't, so we publish it. So by word of mouth or by podcast interview like this, we bear out the information. We continue to work with the esteemed oncologist there. His name is, you can Google his name, you know, very Scandinavian name, Anders, A-N-D-E-R-S. I'm sure we can send you the paper, Jacobson. So Professor Jacobson is the one that did the study, very thorough, very mechanical, because he, he wanted to do it right, you know, and so do we, you know, and I'm not the one doing the study. So he did it. He said, Barry, there's something here. So that's that report. Other we now know that the one the study is over, but the patients that were on tocotrienol, they want to continue to take the tocotrienol, even though the study is not. If not, then it doesn't sound good, right? Because the other group that didn't take is not good. So they're continuing to allow that. So that's good news uh, for, for that. So I don't have anything more other than uh, I would like to spend some time to talk about the fatty liver disease thing is I find this to be very encouraging. You know, no disease is good, 
but you know, we probably have eight, 10 million people with cancer in the US, but like you said, about eight times more, 80 million are people with fatty liver disease, a condition besides alcohol consumption, excessive alcohol consumption, and people who are exposed to certain medication or some toxicity because of lead and mercury that zap the liver, then most of the 80 million people have fatty liver disease because of super high fat consumption and bad fat consumption. That's the one that make all of us nervous like mad. They simply won't have enough liver for transplant when people get to the cirrhotic part like that, you know? So, so we are very happy that we decided about six years ago to focus on fatty liver. At the time, lesser is known. And so that's what we did. We first did a study on three months. So we recruited the people and it's double blind placebo control study. We didn't ask a lot of questions then. So the professor did C-reactive protein, uh, the triglyceride, of, and then they measured the weight circumference, metabolic syndrome, a few things like that. So he did, and then it dropped dramatically, but it dropped about 20, 30% the C-reactive protein, this and that. Then he reported, hey, Barry, after three months, uh, this patient and subject, they dropped 10 pounds. And I said, well, um, I don't know how to say this, you know? I didn't know that tocotrino is a weight loss. And then the professor said, I didn't tell you it's a weight loss. They just lost weight over three months. This is not 10 pound weight loss over two weeks. You know, said, oh, okay. So I feel a little bit better. So then I said, can you check that a little bit more thoroughly on your six month study? So now the six month study just get published. And I'll tell you in the six month study, they dropped about 15 pounds. So 600 milligrams. So I don't know if your audience is aware of this. You can do a dose-dependent study. You give them 100 milligram, 200 milligram, and 300 milligram to see if there's any difference. There's a dose study. But this is not a dose study. The dose is 600 milligram for three months and for six months. And we have an ongoing study for 12 months, 600 milligrams. So they are time study. So the time response study. So I'll tell you, I'm going to show you, I don't have time. Uh, do, if you look at here, you see this? Can you see this? Yes. So on the top one is a lifestyle change. We mean low fat, low carb diet. It dropped at three months, but it did not drop at six months. The blue line, see that? Yes. On the red line is the one that took... A 600 milligram tocotrienol, it dropped more dramatically and statistically significant in three months, it dropped further. All this to say, Wendy, this is very exciting. Yes, All this that to is. Say, I'm I, all I can say is I'm glad I'm taking your vitamin D. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm looking forward to that benefit. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm just thrilled. So uh, a shorthand answer to this, uh, Kim is telling me that my time is going to run out soon. So the BMI dropped 5% at three months, 8% at six months. Triglyceride dropped 10 to 15% roughly. The fatty liver index, the fat in the liver, they can do ultrasound, 11% at three months, 15% at six months. Clearly, there's a time dependent. And then 
uh, the CRP. Everybody know, want to know the inflammation, 18% and 21%, meaning that it, before they start taking it, 18% in three months, 21%. So now we're doing a 12-month study. After this, we, we got to have very strong evidence. So if the FDA allow, we're not making a drug, just that they allow a strip of structure function claim. Of course, if they allow, they're gonna water down it, but at least I can stick it on the label. Now we cannot stick it on the label. So highly excited about this. If this thing were to work for the NAFLD where 80 million of our US population have it, it cannot be a bad thing, it can only be a good thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just in the United States because roughly 25% of people have metabolic syndrome and that's about 80 million people's metabolic, 80 million. I said a hundred million, but it's, you know, yeah. ballpark, but, and there's a lot of people undiagnosed. They don't, they may not have metabolic syndrome, but they have fatty liver, but the same thing in Germany, you know, they found that fatty liver disease is the same prevalence as metabolic syndrome. So this is an issue around the world. The world, yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of people, people. with fatty liver disease, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver yeah. disease that, that need these types of antioxidants. And so, um, and and what I love about this is that, you know, it's it's most vitamin E's are it was suspended in a sunflower oil or another oil that's rancid. Yes. It's, Defeats the whole purpose. I mean, that the majority of vitamin E's you're going to take, you go to the drugstore or, or what have you, they're all in a, a sunflower oil or soybean oil. You need to avoid those like mm -hmm. the plague. Yeah. Um, you have to read the labels. So this is the Designs for Health, Anato yes. E300. Are, is, are there any other brands that have your particular uh, vitamin E, the tocotrienols in them? Yeah, they, the, the yes is a yes and no answer. The, there are other brands out there. If it is, if it is from Anato, it's from, a, it's from American River Nutrition. And then uh, they would say Delta Gold sometimes is a brand name. Some people use, some people don't. But Design for Health is the only company they have the 300 milligram. Other company have 125, 50 milligram. You know, we don't tell them what denomination to use. They make it themselves like that. And on the 300 milligram, we have no vegetable oil. It is still pristine clean. You can see it's very maroonish color. You can see through it if you look at the soft gel like that. So, uh, so that's one component in it. So I think the other thing that your consumer need to know would be 95% of all the vitamin E out there, they are tocopherol. So do not touch those tocopherol. If you eat your normal food, you got your 10, 15 milligram of tocopherol. That's good enough uh, for your body. But you need is tocotrienol. And that's not, if you, if you ask, well, doctor, just tell me what food have tocotrienol? Since you asked, I'll tell you. Avocado, pistachio, macadamia nut, oily material. Did they have it? Still not a lot. You can't consume huge amount of them. It'd be insane, you know? So, but those have it. Corn oil has it like that. So if you want to cook, just go on YouTube and look for how to cook with a natto like that. So you, yeah. you get a few extra milligram. But if you need two, three, four hundred milligram, you need it, you need to do it from supplementation. 
if you ever go to a botanical garden, ask for the lipstick plant, anato plant, or the Bixa orellana, and you, you see warmer climate here. They used to have one in Galveston. Uh, Houston has one. Tampa Botanical Garden have one. Southern California have one. Mostly warm climate botanical garden have. The coldest in the north side they have, they actually is an old anato tree inside the solarium in the Bronx Botanical Garden in, in New York City. But otherwise, they are mostly grown outdoor further towards the southern area where you are living. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, and one thing I wanted to, to note is I think as a general rule, you should not get fat soluble vitamins from the supplements. I mean, except for, except for this, of course, but the, the majority of the products on the market, the multivitamins and other things like the vitamin E is made from GMO corn. Mm-hmm. It's genetically modified corn and it's uh, very, very problematic. You mentioned the solvents involved in the extraction process of these fat-soluble vitamins. Mm-hmm. So um, you really have to be a, a conscious consumer and the supplements not. Um, that's why you're listening to the show. So this is the one to get the Designs for Health, uh, Anato E300. And uh, then thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I mean, this is really, really informative. It's just, yeah. uh, it's one of those things that I haven't normally been recommending vitamin E for mm-hmm. my clients, but I'm definitely going to be doing that going forward. I'm taking this myself. I'm really excited to see the results because the yeah. liver for me is one of my weak points. I think it's a weak point for so many people mm-hmm. and taking a vitamin E is really key for, for yeah. liver, liver care. Yeah. So that, many jobs and uh, we're, it's under such a toxic threat. Yeah. It needs support. Let, let me uh, say two things in passing. I won't take uh, a minute. Since many of your listeners are interested in detox, many of the detoxing go to the liver. We cannot afford the liver to compromise in detoxification. So anything that support the liver is a good thing. Tocotrienol is a liver tonic supplement. I usually don't say that, but because you are your followers are great detox people and the liver is a very important organ to detoxify many things. Anything that can help the liver is a good thing and Tocotrino does that. Another time I can send you papers, you can interview me. We also given this to people with hepatitis C and not a liver thing. So it's really a liver support supplement. Yeah, and, and then the second comment I want to make is we just discovered something and it had to do with CoQ10. And it, in the CoQ10, we're able to figure out how to use ubiquinone to become ubiquinol. And hopefully another time in the future, uh, where I can talk about a supplement we have that talks about ubiquinol. So I know it's totally different, but I just put a... a cliffhanger thing and maybe you can come back with Kim and then talk about that but thank you so much for inviting me hopefully this is news and a message uh, to your listener out there and if they have any question they can send us an email you can download a copy of my book free of charge just uh, type in that they say from Maya's detox program and then download the book and most of the references are there if they have question they can always send me an email Thank you so much, Wendy. Uh, be safe and be well. Yes, thank you so much for, for coming on. And why don't you tell us your website and where people can more learn more about your work and download your book? 
Okay, the website is simply just uh, my name, um, Barry Tan, and Barry is spelled B-A-R-R-I-E-T-A-N.com. And then once you come to the website, you have many options to see that. And Design for Health is one of, like the model that you show is they are the only one that have the 300 milligram. Other people have a lower denomination. So that's a, a fantastic place to start. So, so once you get to the website, you can download the book. If there's any problem, send us an email. We'd love to answer it. Okay, fantastic. Well, Dr. Tan, thanks so much for coming on the show. And everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Meyer Tea Talks podcast, where we discuss topics, every topic under the sun related to improving your body's ability to detox heavy metals and chemicals. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. And you guys can get the free transcripts of these videos on MyersDetox.com. Just go there and search for podcasts and the Myers Detox podcast, and you'll find that. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week. Mm -hmm.